1: I'm supposed to be talking now. I totally forgot, but that's my job today. Uh, Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche uh, podcast. Ruto is out sick as he has a tooth infection. I hope he's watching this and giggling along. Uh, We are presented by DraftKings as our presenting sponsor as I try and figure this out on the fly.
2: DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: Sportsbook. (laughs) What? What's the difference?
2: (laughs) DraftKings Uh, is different than DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: Okay, so that's great to know. I didn't today. I learned that there's a difference. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is our presenting sponsor. Uh, I'm AJ Hayflame. He's Evan (laughs) Rau. We are uh, we we are definitely definitely going to do this. Uh, We are finishing up our week of expansion draft talk today by getting to the last division on the list, the Metropolitan. Uh, Evan, I'm sure you've been watching all the other shows uh, in depth and really tearing apart all of our lists. <laughs> um, expansion, are you over it yet?
3: Uh, I've been over it for a year. <laughs> God, me too. <laughs> just, I'm happy it's almost done. I'm sure, like you, it's. Let's just get this thing going. We find out what Saturday.
1: Yep. Saturday? Um, we find next, out one week, yeah. one week from tomorrow. The lists are due. The NHL will publish those lists. We will talk about them a couple days later, I'm sure. And then the day before the actual expansion draft, we will have our own mock. It will be a grand old time. And then everybody can grade the work that I put into this. Today, uh, today we are starting, uh, we're going back to alphabetical. We changed things up yesterday as we jumped all over the board as conversation took us places. Today we're starting with one of the most difficult teams to project: uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Evan, this was this was this one was legitimately really difficult for me. Um, leaving Dougie Hamilton exposed, knowing that he's a UFA and that they're willing to let him look around. Uh, the easy ones for me to project to protect were Nadelkovic, Slavin, and Pesci. I added Jake Bean as the last defender. Uh, exposing Brady Shade, Jake Gardner, uh, Yanni Hockenpah, and Dougie Hamilton. Any? Do you have, do you have any thoughts about this defense? And, and it's a stacked group, and only only being able to protect three of them was really kind of a tough spot.
3: Yeah, the Hamilton situation changes everything, obviously. Um, at the start of the... I'm, Jake Gardner, I think we can assume, obviously, he was on waivers at one point this year. He's yeah. not getting protected. Uh, I think, the, obviously, the one guy who we would probably look at is Brady Shea. Mm-hmm. And if they're leaving him protected, it's because he, he's signed for, what, four more years? Three more years?
1: He's got uh, three more.
3: Over $5 million. Um, and I would not, you know, I, I have followed a bunch, but I, I don't know if he's really worth that personally, but... It might be some that they would be willing to potentially lose in a draft like this. So um, I could see them keeping Bean because he's going to be uh, cheap for a while, um, and cheap would be something that Seattle might target and Young. So yeah, Hamilton's situation obviously just changes everything really, and it I, I it certainly doesn't sound like it's promising that he's going to be coming back there.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that they've kind of just said, "Hey, go find a deal and then come back and let us know." Um, it seems like a that seems like a bold a bold way to approach such an important player, but it, it, you know, under under Tom Dundon, that's that's kind of how they've done their business. I mean, everybody in the world knew that Rob Brindamore wanted to be there and that he wanted to get his assistance paid and that they wanted they wanted to run it back with everybody. And even that negotiation was a tough process. Uh, and I think that that, that kind of tips Dunden's hand about what kind of owner he's going to be, where he draws a line and he says, look, we won't we won't cross this line. In, in the case of Hamilton, they've got they've got great defenders already. He certainly makes them better and helps them. But if they're going to lose him, then he's going to have to go out and find the kind of the, the kind of deal that he thinks that he's worth that Carolina just isn't comfortable paying.
3: Yeah, it, Dundon is kind of I don't know if he's like the new wave of ownership, but he he definitely is going to do things his own way. And we've already seen that in his few years in Carolina. And yeah, maybe they're banking on Hamilton going out there and saying, hey, this is what I'm worth. And maybe he comes back and he just can't find that. And they're like, OK, well, what about this? So they are taking a risk, but that just seems like the Dundon way. You're like, he's just my way. This is how I'm going to do things.
1: Yeah, he operates in the space in which he is comfortable and does not uh, does not move out of it. And at forward here, uh, I felt like there were six pretty easy decisions. Aho, Stahl, Teravine, Nita Ryder, Trochek, and Svechnikov were the ones that I thought were pretty easy. Um. Leaving open um, Warren Fogle and Jesper Faust, I protected Morgan Geeky because I think that he is uh, an up and coming young player that has a lot of potential and it could be really really good. And uh, that they they don't they don't necessarily want to lose a guy like Fogel or Faust or even a, a, a Martinuk. Um, really any of these guys that have been left unprotected and they're not they're not looking forward to that but you gotta you gotta leave somebody unprotected right
3: yeah and i had carolina in our expansion draft prediction thing before the season started that we did on discord and i remember i protected geeky and you were like over Fogle, and that's kind of what it's going to come down to here too yeah um and actually i even then i think i Protected Jesper Fost and I can't remember who I might have left unprotected. I think I might have left Nino Niederreiter mm-hmm. unprotected just because of his uh, paycheck. But yeah, this—it's a team that uh, they have a lot of depth, and they're going to lose a forward, and that's just the reality of the situation. It's kind of just like the Avs, like you there's just forwards that you can't you can't protect them all. So yeah. um, they're going to leave a good player unprotected, and you know they'll see if one of those guys gets taken and uh Geeky is still relatively young and he's cost you know he's gonna be cheap for a while and I think that's it's, like I said on defense would be and that's something that Carolina is gonna value.
1: Yeah, um, in goal they you know, I predict Nadelkovic who was kind of really like he's been their top goalie prospect for a long time and it just they just kept waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting. Finally, what seemed like after they put him on waivers and the entire he goes unclaimed, in the entire league, it finally clicks for him. Right. Um, and they, so I have him protected. Uh, he played his way back into an RFA. He had to play X number of games to avoid, um, being one of those like specially designated AHL free agents who don't play enough, uh, NHL games. Uh, and so he's, he's still an RFA. So Marazic and Reimer unprotected, you know, looking at this list, I think I think the name that really jumps out is Brady Shea or one of those goaltenders if you really want, who are both free agents.
3: Yeah, his finish, uh, Nedeljkovic, his finish of the season just made it. It sh- makes it a pretty easy decision for Carolina. But yeah, um, in our when we did that prediction show on a podcast here, Seattle's going to have their choice of a lot of defensemen. Yeah. and some of them are going to be pricey so they're gonna to have to make some decisions on which one of those guys they want and Brady Shea would be a, he'd be a good pick for that franchise but a decent cap at there they'd have to fit in amongst everything
1: yeah 5.25 for three more years um, it's acceptable you know as long as, as long as he doesn't totally crater as a player, I think that they're fine um, they would be fine supporting that so mm-hmm. i don't think that there would be any issues there
3: agreed um I all signed right eric jelina. that's hilarious
1: they did sign eric jelina and it's and that's kind of the thing with like the bottom of those group, like yanni hock and Pa max LeJoie would be intriguing guys in other franchises but in carolina it's like no there's just better players available, and that's assuming that they don't just take Dougie Hamilton and try and start their franchise with that guy. They could they could do that, and it would be a hell of a, a hell of a way to get get going. Uh, yeah. In because
3: they can start. When on, can they start talking to those guys? Cool. Um
1: the expansion. I think the when the expansion lists come out. Okay. I think that they have a. I think they're allowed to start talking to them on the nineteenth.
3: Yeah, because they would know. They would know by the time they can pick.
1: Yep. All right, next one, Columbus. Honestly, I didn't think Columbus was going to be this easy going into it. Um, Instead, it was there were seven very obvious forwards to protect. Uh, They had two obvious exposure guys in Eric Robinson and Kevin Stenland. Uh, The defense, even though they're looking to trade Seth Jones, you don't just give them away for free. So Jones, Wierenski, and Vladislav Gavrikov – Easy protect, Jonas Corpusallo in net. Uh, this one was really straightforward, and after I looked at it for a while, I came to the conclusion that if I'm if I'm Seattle, unless I'm really interested in in Eric Robinson, especially, I'm probably just taking one of these UFA's and not signing him and just being done with it. Um, I don't think there's a lot here.
3: Yeah, um, I know some Swedish people do like Stenland a little bit. Um, and he had a decent season for Car- or for Columbus, but uh, yeah, this is a pretty easy protected list and they really are not going to have much to choose from in terms of quality. Uh, so I'm not sure it matters who, who they really take, but they're not going to no no game breakers are going to be picking here. They're not going to be picking between a potential top four defenseman like the last team.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it feels. It feels like th- without without Jones or without like the drama surrounding Jones, there's just really not anything here. Um, you know, Grigorenko just signed a three-year deal back in the KHL, so that's yeah. Gone.
3: I was I was rooting for him. It just didn't
0: work.
1: Yeah, I wasn't super surprised when it didn't work out under Torts, who kind of kind of like Bednar does not really love it when guys kind of drift in and out of effort. hmm
3: It's yeah, it was it was weird that he picked them in the first place of all yeah. the teams and coaches he could have gone to.
1: Yeah, I mean that might have been his only opportunity, right? Yeah. But I mean there was some heat on him coming back across last year.
3: Yeah.
1: Um and so I would be surprised if Columbus was his only real offer, but he clearly was more comfortable going back to the KHL. He took a three-year deal, so that's pretty much it for Grigo in the NHL.
3: Yep, he's going over to be a KHL star.
1: Good for him. Um, I don't really have I don't really have anything else in this on this list that I feel strongly about uh, Scott Harrington or Dean Kugan on defense. Like I'm, I'm good. I, these aren't, these aren't guys that they should take. No, if they are. feel, if they feel strongly about Robinson or Stumblin, fine. Yeah. I would be surprised if they felt strongly about those guys though. Um, the, the next, the next one on our list here, uh, I struggled with New Jersey and I honestly almost went four and four with New Jersey because I've, they're they're actually in kind of a bad spot right now. Um, right now, they they have to expose two of Nico Heischer, Andreas Janssen, Miles Wood, Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka, and Nathan Bastian. Two of those guys have to be exposed because of they, they just don't have anybody signed at forward for next season. They don't have anybody signed at forward for next season. So those are the only guys that fit the exposure requirements. They have to expose two of them. So they, they, in the next week, they need to add some guys if they want to, if they want to be able to change their protection list. Um, Otherwise right now I have miles wood exposed because he's one of the more overrated players in the NHL. In my mind, people love him. Um, But if you look at his underlying numbers, he gets the shit kicked out of him on a regular basis, and him him being fast it just isn't good enough. Um, it's it's not meaningful enough that, that he's just really really fast. He's I'm I'm not a big Miles Wood fan, uh, and at 25, I in this group there isn't really a lot to to expose. Bastion and and Wood were the ones where I thought this, these will hurt them the, the least amount. The the one guy on defense that I that I left exposed um, was Will Butcher, although Siegenthaler did just sign an extension and he's an interesting guy too. Um, so there there could be there could be somebody for them on defense between Butcher and Siegenthaler, and um, I guess if they really liked one of these goaltenders as like a third guy, like Scott Wedgewood would be fine. Aaron Dell, like. Feeling feeling strongly about any of these guys either, mm-hmm. this, yeah. So you're they, they look ben. like a, they look like a rebuilding team.
3: Well, how how poorly run are you if you still have to sign people to not expose some of these other guys? Like,
1: yeah. Well, and like maybe that's a sign that they're gonna go four and four. Yeah, you know that they they will sign or, or they will protect, uh, like Heisher and. Zaka and I imagine Jesper Brat and then Andreas Janssen or Miles Wood like whichever one they prefer it should be it should be Janssen but I don't know
3: yeah, they, gave up, they gave up a decent bit for him so they should protect him you'd think
1: yeah and if he was exposed I would think he would make plenty of sense for for the Kraken to target um, as a team that's going to struggle to get decent uh, decent forwards he's fine
3: if this was the protection list, Siegenthaler, I think, would be the pick from from Seattle. I think he's a decent young defenseman, youngish defenseman, and he's going to be cheap. So, um, but yeah, I, I know we had talked originally about Subban being unprotected. The idea yeah. of that,
1: and that's and I I did this last night before the Siegenthaler contract was finished. Mm-hmm. Um, now with that contract being done. I would probably keep him. I would protect him and expose Subban. There's only one year left on that deal. So the money is really, for Seattle, $9 million is kind of whatever. And that would be a fun first face of your franchise, knowing that his next contract is not probably not even going to be half of what he's making right now, unless he has an insane bounce-back season.
3: Yeah. Yeah, from the marketing perspective, you're looking at, okay, yeah, this is someone we could, I mean, I don't know really know how much uh, a team like Seattle coming into the league like Vegas, they're probably going to sell out a lot. and They're going to be just fine. Do you really need, like, another player like that? But it would be fun to have him as the face of the franchise, even though he's clearly not anywhere near the player he was four or five years ago. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh it's another team that's just not a lot. I'm not a big Miles Wood fan either. I don't think there's a lot to pick from from this team either.
1: Yeah. It's really, I would. I agree with you. I, if is if there, I'd like him. Um, to a lesser extent, Butcher would be fine. Only one year left on his deal as well. That's a guy that could be a specialist for them if they wanted him to be. could be easy to move if they wanted to turn him into a future asset sometime down the road. But
3: you're making four almost four million—that is, to
1: yeah, me. He really, really got fat off of the uh, first half of his rookie season. Yeah, uh, and Subban—I think you know Suban, understanding that PK Subban is not the player that he used to be, he would be a fine way to start a franchise too. I would have no—if Seattle did that, I don't think I just there's just not much here.
3: Like, Such a like, boring team. Just yeah. Such an uninter- I don't know about boring. Just uninteresting. Like there's, I just don't like. Whenever they're on, it's like, nah, I don't really feel like watching them. No.
1: I think I really like some of the some of the younger guys. Like, um, you know, they've got the other bulk fist. Uh, Jasper obviously Jack Hughes, mm-hmm. Nolan Foot, uh, Ty Smith, Alexander Holtz, whoever they take this year. I like where they're headed.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They're just not quite there yet.
3: And then Lindy Ruff as a coach, like, what, what was that decision?
1: It's it's very like let's turn back the clock and <laughs> yeah. try and try and squeeze out an eighth seed in the postseason and crush Jack Hughes' soul. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Evan, let's get to the most inner What will be the most entertaining part of the show? <laughs> as I try and work my way through the uh, Ads. Adver- advertising <laughs> part of this. Which has changed quite a bit since the last time I tried to run a show. So, really Allie... need some help. Allie here to be the parent.
3: Yeah, have the adults ready to step in.
1: Yeah. Um, but, no, we'll... Like, s- go ahead. I was
2: going to say, there was comments about TDSP and how I dropped an F-bomb. And that was because I was angry. And multiple people already cursed on that show anyways. So, don't come at me on this podcast... <laughs> About Look, dropping <laughs> some bombs. <laughs> Expe-
1: expectations are higher for you than the rest of us. We are the peasants, and you're the actual adult. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know how things got to be that way, but that's the world in which we live now. So maybe it
2: um, started with Rudo's manscaped reads. Who knows?
1: If well, you, of... yeah, if you wanted to prove what a great adult you are, <laughs> uh, you should definitely sign up for a DMVR membership. We, wow. have the most, we have the most in-depth coverage wow. for your professional Denver teams. Uh, and, and, and you're listening to this podcast. You're obviously doing something right. And there's a ton of perks to becoming a DNVR member. And honestly, the list of perks just keeps going up over time. Um, you know, the DNVR Golf League, I, I didn't get a chance to be a part of it. But I'm a little jealous every time I see everybody go out and like, oh, they get to play golf together. And I'm like, all right, that looks that looks nice and fun. Uh, you have the members only Discord where, you know, if you're gonna be if you're gonna roll into Discord and you're gonna be a dick, you're not gonna be around very long in that Discord. But if you want to come in and you just want to talk about hockey, or there's like 400 channels in the in that Discord now, you can find any you can find pretty much anything that you want to talk about with with your fellow DNVR peeps. Um, and I'm I'm kind of always hanging around it. I I interact with the abs peeps pretty regularly to to drop in and make sure that. uh you know they're minding the Ps and Qs. You also get you also get raffle tickets uh, at at watch parties to win gear. You get to read our content, obviously, which there actually is some again today because I finally got off my ass and decided to write something. Uh, I wrote about Eric. I wrote about Eric Johnson, so that uh, that was good. Thumbs up for me <laughs> and for you as a member. Uh, you also get a DNBR shirt with the membership. I always think that that's pretty cool. And then the big beer at the bar. The big beer versus little beer. That alone, right there, um, should be a good enough reason for a membership to DNBR. Uh, every time every time somebody orders one of the small beers, a little piece of me dies inside. So, um Evan? The 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 Ball Corp. <laughs> is it the most evil sounding name ever?
3: It, it, yeah, it sounds evil and dirty. It's
1: it's it's funny because they went with such a such an evil like dystopian sounding name, but they actually are doing great things. Uh, and you know, <laughs> leading leading the global sustainability effort uh, is not a small thing. Uh, so we we've been excited to partner up with them. Uh, they are they are looking to hire folks left and right. Lots of jobs that they're trying to give to people. I know coming out of the pandemic, it is uh, tough finding work for some people right now. And as I as I talked about previously, I have a friend who works there. Uh, I actually have a couple friends who work there. One of whom speaks very highly of it, and the other one I haven't asked, so I can't say. But uh, the one one of them is definitely very excited uh, about their career at ball and said that they paid him a, a competitive wage for his skill set in the marketplace. And it's, uh, you know, given, given some of the issues that we have uh, in the economy, I think that that's pretty awesome. I think that's one of the more encouraging things to hear and certainly one of the reasons that I am excited that we partnered with them uh, is because they actually take care of their people, and they try and set you up not just for a job but for a career. And I think that that is, you know, if you if you are not at a point in your life right now where you are set up for a career, but you want to be, then get a job at Ball. Um, you can you can do that a number of ways. You can apply for a position at their aluminum cam plant. Uh, you could text Golden to seven seven two two two. Or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. All good ways to, to become part of the Ball family, which is an extended arm of the DNVR family. So all of those things are good. How was that? Did I survive that? Yes. I feel like I did. You did it. Great, because now I have to roll right into the DraftKings ad, which <laughs> is all about McGregor versus Poirier 3.0. Uh, set for UFC 264 this weekend. I believe it's tomorrow night.
2: Yes, and we'll be playing it here at the bar, which will be no chart, no cover. So people can come down here, hang out. There is an RSVP list, though. So we- you've probably gotten it in your email if you're a member. Or you can find it on all of our social media platforms and you can come watch the game, the fight. It's a game. And
1: uh, it it is a game in a in a way. Uh, the Draft the DraftKings sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of UFC. Uh, and this weekend they are offering 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If if this rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you're walking away with cash. PS, that is my draft DraftKings uh pick of the week.
2: What is that? I am
1: I am picking Poirier to knock out McGregor in round 1.
2: That's what Ryan and Andre chose. I'm going for McGregor. I'm going McGregor.
1: Sorry, I just can't with that dude.
2: I understand. My family, though, I heard uh, through the rumblings that my little brothers were bit and large, and so I'm scared for them. So <laughs> I'm just in family support that McGregor wins and they don't lose a lot of money.
1: Well, That's if weird. you are, if you are, they're not betting on won, DraftKings
2: Sportsbook, of course, though. Like, yeah, like Andre if, and Ryan,
1: <laughs> which is where you go to win a lot of money. Because if you bet one dollar on either one of those guys to win by a first-round knockout, you win two hundred and sixty-four dollars. They're trying to give you money. Just, just take it. the The same thing is like the same thing is like Ball is trying to give you money by providing you with a career. In this case, it's DraftKings Sportsbook. Just take it.
2: I mean, I feel money like a is, lot of our, money is dope. A lot of our sponsors are this way. We, just, Breck is just trying to give you good beer. Hassle Cattle Company is just trying to feed you and have you eat good meat. And then uh, yeah. Manscaped is making sure you're taken care of. And and now Mans- we've got Manscape is something. And DraftKings is just trying to give you free money. So just take it.
1: And if you are interested in taking that money. You have to know that DraftKings Sportsbook is safe and secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience, which is certainly nice. I don't like being time gated with my own money. Um, make sure that you download the top-rated sports the, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn one dollar into 264 of those dollars when you bet on one of the main event fighters this weekend to win by first round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's DNVR only a DraftKings sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get back to doing the thing that I do well. Or at least yeah. I think, which is <laughs> I am talking. We're going to talk about hockey.
2: You did a good while, job.
1: While that also has to happen, I do have to prepare for the next uh, ad break. So, <laughs> Evan. Well, uh, it we...
3: comes as AJ reads. Like, can AJ can read? Or Yeah, it's great. I,
1: it's, I can actually read.
3: <laughs> it's like, which way does that come across? I know they're probably not saying it. AJ can read.
1: It surprises me, too. So, um, we are going to start with the Islanders.
3: Oh, you know this one. Though.
1: The Islanders are in a spot. I don't think they're in a bad spot, but they're in a spot. Um, I think the forwards were pretty straightforward. Uh, Barzell, Lee, Nelson, Eberle, Pajot, Bailey, and Bovillier really stood out to me as the obvious ones. The only, the only guy there that you might raise an eyebrow to being exposed is Kiefer Bellows, but that's just because He's a recent first round pick. And he hasn't really done a whole lot in the uh in the NHL. It just hasn't really gone great for him so far. So I have him being left unprotected. And if that's the decision that the Islanders or if the the Kraken want to go in, that's totally okay. On defense, Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, and Scott Mayfield. This leaves the big one here, it leaves open Nicoletti. And Nick Letty is a big part of what they do. Um, that pelik Puak pairing is not only great alliteration, but also kind of their top pairing at this point. Um, but I really, you know, Mayfield has signed for two more years at just 1.45 million, one of the more underrated contracts signed in the last couple of years, as he has developed into a legit, rock-solid defenseman. Nick Letty one more year at 5.5 million. I hate to leave. I, I, I like the player. hate to leave him exposed, but they've got a, they've really, I, I think he would be a really tempting option for the, for the Kraken.
3: Yeah. Especially with only one year left, he can still skate. Obviously skating is his big asset and it's a good. Good player to put in your top four pretty much from day one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the Islanders lost Devontae's last summer because they just couldn't afford everything, and
1: yeah, and that losing. was before that was before they knew that Johnny Boychuk was done, done for the rest of his career.
3: Yeah, so you know they have to make a tough decision there, and they have a lot of forwards to protect. So going four and four just is it's not an option, really, is it?
1: I don't think it is. Um, I do I do wonder if they could leave one of these other forwards, like a Jordan Eberle. Um, <clears throat> he's really the one that stood out to me because a lot of these other guys, uh, Barzell, Lee, Nelson, and Bailey, and Beauvillier are all draft picks. They're all homegrown guys. And Pajot has been super important for them since he got there. Um, so I do wonder if there is a temptation to leave uh, Eberle exposed uh, and, you know, protect the Kiefer Bellows and see if they take Eberle's money off of their books. $5.5 million for the next three years. He's already 31. I don't, I don't know um, if there are going to be many options for better offensive players than an Eberle if he were exposed, and uh, that money could help really help them out because they need a, a new deal for Sorokin, and that's probably not going to be super cheap.
3: Yeah, for Seattle, on, from their perspective, when we did the draft, it, it seemed like they had a lot of options on defense, yeah. but then up front, skill wise, there just wasn't a ton that's going to be available. So, if a guy like Everly was available he wouldn't be the worst guy to bring in and have be a top six forward while you're kind of figuring things out as a franchise.
1: So, the, the only downside of that is that it's three years at $5.5 yeah. 5
3: yeah, and he's already 31, like he says. So he's getting up there a little bit, and with that term, um, God, that makes me feel old that he's already 31. I remember his draft. So, um,
1: Yeah, you you say that, but Cal Clutterbuck is also exposed here. And I drank beer with Cal Clutterbuck when he was a Houston Arrow uh, as a Minnesota Wild prospect. So I don't want to hear about old.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're both old. Let's, let's just say that. True. Uh,
1: we're both almost dead. It's almost over for yep. us. Yep.
3: So, man, they have a l- the Islanders have so much money locked yeah. up and forwards, so they just kept
1: they just kept re-signing their own guys. Really,
3: yeah. And it's just like all this mid-range dollar amount. So, yeah. If, if you're them, is it the worst thing in the world to maybe get rid of one of those deals?
1: Do you pay? Uh, do you do you pay Seattle in a guy like Kiefer Bellows to? to take Eberle to, to ensure that money you want to, to lose gets lost.
3: Um, I don't know. I haven't followed Kiefer Bellows as much since he entered the, I guess since he turned pro. So it's just more like, yeah, I don't know if he's really worth anything (laughs) like paying, using him as value. Is he really that valuable? Like (laughs) that's really the thing, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that that's too terribly tempting at this point. He's 23, so it's not like he's younger than still got chance here. But, you know, it's I'm not sure he's too enticing for Seattle, I guess, from that perspective. If, I mean, if that's the best they can get, then obviously they can do that. And he is one of the younger guys that they could potentially pick up as a value pick from some of these teams that are looking at a crunch here. But he, he doesn't scream too valuable to me
1: yeah i really i don't i don't to be honest i don't really like any of these options um i did protect varley at net that's the obvious choice i Corey schneider and ken appleby what
3: Corey schneider I Totally yeah. forgot they signed him just for this i think
1: um well he's unsigned so he doesn't yeah. even really do anything for this um it, Exposing Varley, they I think they would probably just take him. He he has to have some value around the league. I think I think Varley would be a good trade candidate for them. Honestly, um, freeing up some money, sw- you know, sw- switching over to Sorokin, uh, and then just you know seeing what they can do with some of the money that they save and trading Varley away. But exposing him and losing him for nothing, I think, is would be bad business.
3: Yeah, Seattle getting Varley would be. I mean, it's. I don't know if you can compare it on the level of getting flurry in the expansion draft, but that's a hell of a goalie to get to start your franchise with, in my opinion, if it did happen.
1: I definitely agree. Um, Some of the other guys, you know, Kyle Palmieri, he's a UFA. He could be interesting. Uh, He's a bit of an analytics guy. Um, The analytics say nice things about him up until this season where everything for Palmieri kind of just didn't go very well, honestly. So... Um, I think he's, you know, there's, there's no interest in Andrew Ladd, like Clutterbuck has a year, Komarov has a year, I guess if they really wanted to, they could do that. But the Islanders would be over the moon if they took one of those cats and that, that money off their books, especially with them trying, them going to try to aggressively work to re-sign Casey Sezikas. So...
3: Yeah, I feel like them taking three point five million off their cap with Cal Clutterbrook would just be a gift.
1: Yeah, it would it would hurt the islanders a little bit because that's their vaunted identity line.
3: I guess. But in in the grand scheme of things, like yeah, it could be a lot worse. You'd probably you'd take getting rid of three and a half million for you know, their best fourth line in the NHL or whatever. Has to take a hit somewhere.
1: Alright, have to take a hit somewhere. I think that uh that's just real. that's honestly that's just reality with this this expansion draft is that if you're in a position like this where they have so much money tied up that you're just you're just gonna lose a guy. Um although just given where they are and given Lou's penchant for tinkering, it would not be surprising for them to do something stupid. Uh, to try and, you know, to try and save face, to try and whatever. I I just don't, I don't at all trust Lou to just sit there and lose a guy. So <laughs> it's just me. Um, the Rangers. Um, hate talking about them. I don't like admitting that they exist. <laughs> They're awful in every way. Pretty straightforward protection list, though, with it actually being a little difficult on defense. Um, because I just didn't really know what to do. Uh, they had Gorgiev in goal, easy protection. Um, Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren, easy protections. The third guy on defense, pick one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Honestly. Um, Tony D'Angelo, I thought, you know, given given how this year went for him and the way that he basically just got t- told to go home <laughs> uh and you know i'm i'm kind of surprised we've made it all the way through the first day of the buyout window and it, it hasn't happened yet It that seemed like that was a thing that was probably going to take place but maybe they're holding out hope that seattle either takes him or they trade him for something i i don't really understand what d'angelo is still doing on their roster given they've made it very clear they want to be done with that relationship
3: yeah yeah, they're uh their their protection list pretty straightforward. Colin Blackwell maybe someone they would consider up front, but
1: so um, Blackwell they only have two forwards that fit the exposure requirements, and Blackwell and Kevin Rooney are the only other ones that fit. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to protect Blackwell, they would have to expose one of Strom's Banajad, Kreider, or Panarin. Oh, so boy. they need to if they sign somebody, if they give a contract to a Julian Gauthier... Um, a uh, Brett Howden, you know, one of these other guys, uh, they could then do that. They could then actually protect Blackwell. But right now, he came at the expense of, uh, just the process,
3: basically. I think Howden signed today. Um, but yeah, I, they're losing a depth guy anyway. so it's Colin yeah. blackwells plus he's twenty eight so I mean right he's twenty, 20 he's
1: twenty eight and Brett Howden is twenty three and Fiinoo's twenty one Bucinevich yeah. and Strom like those are all impact players so those those guys wouldn't make any sense but like you just look at the age of those guys and you look at what they could do um you know if if they if they preferred uh, to to protect Gautier over Howden that could be fine but for me, I think this should be Colin Blackwell.
3: Brett Howden was playing, rightfully or not, he was playing big minutes for them down the stretch for some reason. Like, more than, obviously, Capo okay. Caco and things like that. So it's like, yeah, I think they'll protect him. Plus, he's cheap and young. So <laughs>
1: I've been between writing and being on podcasts all day. I'm not surprised I miss Brett Howden getting a contract.
3: Yeah, it was just a one-year thing. So, yeah, it's uh, another one where it's, Pretty straightforward.
1: Um, I don't like any of their defensemen.
3: No, and Shesterkin's not eligible for the expansion draft, so it makes the goalie situation just very easy.
1: Yeah, like like Morgan Barron, Lafreniere, Capo Kapo um Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, uh, Igor Shesterkin. None of these, none of these guys are eligible for this, so it's like they—they're really not. They're fine. Yeah. they they are really not having to worry about what they like if they lose Colin Blackwell. Oh no, a guy that they didn't even play all the time. You know, yeah. it's fine. Um, I think I think the the I think Gautier would be an intriguing guy because they need somebody that's going to score goals, and that's like the one thing that he's got.
3: Yeah, and he's still pretty young, so certainly younger than. I got like Blackwells, so it's, uh, yeah. I think you'd take a chance maybe on him over Blackwell just because of age and hoping that he pans out a little bit more. And if he's I'm, a, if I'm he's the a Ranger, guy too.
1: he is. And if I'm the Rangers, I probably protect Gautier over Howden because I am super underwhelmed by, I've always been underwhelmed by Brett Howden. Mm-hmm. I've always thought he was just an overrated prospect, and here we are.
3: <laughs> he's getting protected potentially
1: <laughs> well and and now that he's signed you know if they wanted to if they wanted to expose him uh and protect gautier they they could do that and that would be fine
3: uh, yeah
1: good uh, i would take him if i'm seattle i would i would probably take him over blackwell because you know he's 23 years old and just see you're gonna have to fear that seattle's gonna have to get lucky Somewhere along the way at forward, they're going to have to get a guy that were that that is a depth guy who hasn't done very much, but when put into a bigger role is is going to find a a home somewhere. So that, you know, taking a chance on a on a on a how to NERC OTA
3: will will have
1: to be Mm -hmm. kind of how they live.
3: Yeah, it's a little different than what it was a few years back.
1: Yeah, uh, and then this is the part where Ruto would transition. He would make some off-the-wall, unbelievable connection between the conversation that we just had and shaving your balls. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to say, shave your balls, dudes. Uh, and ladies, if you want your dudes to shave your balls, then the shave their balls, then, then great. That's why we have Manscaped. Yeah. That's the whole point, right? Like that's that's the thing. Uh, the 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 new lawnmower 4.0. That's the jam. That's uh that's where it's at. Everybody, every, everybody that I know honestly has one at this point. Um, and that's not even an exaggeration. You not a even
3: lying. Got a lawnmower 4.0 parties.
1: <laughs> not not even lying about it. That's uh, that's a thing that actually happens. I know a ton of people with the lawnmower 4.0 um is that the mark
3: cheersing with them
1: yeah that's right man the, I think bruto even brought one one time oh, so
3: come
1: on <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably the day he got it um okay, so it, 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 it was there but that was that was the Manscaped read uh, to a whole nother level so the thing is uh it's the jam it's incredibly effective it's got a dope little light on it which I have always thought was cool uh and you know it's, it's, Nick free. That's the whole point is that it's, it's shave it's safe to shave your junk with. So neat. Oh, and it's waterproof. I always thought that was also cool. Uh, they also, Manscaped also has a ton of other products that you can get, uh, a, a nice little discount off. Uh, if you use the code DNVR at manscaped.com, uh, you get 20% off with free shipping. Uh, you can also set up like like a subscription service. You can set up re- renewable orders so that if something if you're running out of something three six months later, you can give it a rough estimate. Six months, they just ship it to you. Bam. It's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty sweet little deal, actually. So 20% off free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer <laughs> and shine. And shine,
3: Rudo's watching. this, like all on, on his painkillers, like no. <laughs> with manscaped.
1: So, uh, and then when you get done manscaping, and when you get rid of the shrub and the weeds, and you are shining, take that package and you know, preferably cover it up, and then head to Illegal legal Pete's, where you can uh, get get some delicious eats because the legal Pete's is back. I am excited that we have him on board. I know Rudo is a pretty big fan. Um, he's got like favorites on the menu and like go tos, and you know, I was just there a, last week. Yeah, they, there you go, man. There you go. legal The one illegal...
3: place where you can get pesto on your burrito, and we need more pesto on burritos, in my opinion.
1: Very pro pesto, eh?
3: I am pro pesto. Pesto can go on anything, in my opinion.
1: They have a sound check promotion going on at all locations that offers a free draft beer or house marg with the purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows a same day ticket to any event. They have a location right in Lodo so you can easily head there before or after the Rockies lose another game in the last two innings, which is which is pretty common. Um Pete's has also launched the the, the party marks uh, 32 ounces of their house margaritas, which is four times the size of a normal house mark. So it's basically a margarita margarita bucket. And after a, after a Rockies loss, you roll down to the Loto location. What's wrong with that? A, a bucket of marks sounds great to me. They have happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day. It's a dollar off all drafts. It's a dollar off the house and coin style margs. $20 party margs and a dollar off large chips and queso and chips and guac with free chips and salsa if you're drinking at the bar. Illegal Pete's. <laughs> go, go get your jams. Now I have to talk about the Colorado Exos, And do I have anything to really say about them? Other than it's one of the cooler co- concepts I've ever heard of of a team just taking athletes from other sports and morphing them into rugby players. Kind of a cool thing. Uh, the, the grand experiment that they've got going on out, of, out at Infinity Park, which is a beautiful facility if you've never been, uh, finished up their season at 5-5. Five and five. It's, a, it's a pretty good start for a team playing against uh, actual professionals that have been going at it for a long time. And Infinity Park, the home of the of the Exos, it's considered Rugby Town, USA. So there's a bunch of other stuff in here that I am very clearly reading right now. <laughs> uh, the Rugby Town Sevens Tournament, August 20 to 22nd, out at Infinity Park. It's a great family outing for fast-paced rugby, great adult beverages, and it's very affordable. This is actually pretty badass. Not that the other stuff hasn't been, but it's also. Um movie nights, you can actually sign up at infinitypark at com slash events to get updates on all the movie events, which is kicking off this weekend, next next Monday. Uh with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Gates open at 6 p.m. For my money as a not Spider-Man fan, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is the best that Spider-Man has ever been. Uh, cinematically, it's an incredibly fun way to watch a movie. Outside on the field with family and friends, a great way to spend a beautiful Colorado summer night. You download and subscribe to the DNVR Rugby Podcast to stay up to date on all things rugby. With our guy Colton Strickler, also follow him on Twitter for any of your other XO updates. Third and final period. I didn't really transition us into those ads. That's fine. Philadelphia. Another team that I just wasn't entirely sure what to do with. And I know Katie is probably going to watch this and judge me harshly. But uh, the forwards, it started off pretty easy. Uh, Giroux, Voracek, Hayes, Konechny, Couturier. Easy, right? Uh, Cap Friendly wanted me to, to protect Lindblom instead of Scott Lawton. I chose Scott Lawton instead. And then I protected Nolan Patrick because I feel like that would be the easiest pick of the entire draft if that guy was left exposed. Mm-hmm. So he got protected. Uh, defensively, I had a hard time here. Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers were my guys. I wasn't entirely sure. I, I didn't really follow the Flyers very much this year. I don't know how things went for them uh, and this glut of dudes that they have. Um I know that they, it's been very up and bear uh, up and down for Goss to spare over the years, but I have him left exposed here uh, and Robert Haig as well.
3: Yeah, I think, well, Proverov and Sandheim are pretty easy picks on defense. Um, and I think Myers is a good pick too to, to protect. I think, honestly, I think these three are the picks to protect because Myers is young. He's a big guy, good defenseman. Um, Gus Desperi, it's just been, like you said, it's just been wildly up and down. Didn't they, they had him playing forward at one point, too, I think. It's yeah, it's just,
1: been a real mess for him.
3: Yeah, it just hasn't, you know, after his rookie year where I remember when he was, the, he he came here his rookie year. And he the way he was walking the blue line, I was like, this guy's going to be insane. And it just has fallen apart. So um I think on defense, I actually think those are pretty three pretty easy picks the only uh, i don't think they're gonna worry about justin braun he's just an older guy that they signed so yeah
1: i'm not worried about justin braun
3: um and robert haig i actually don't think that good so um leave him unprotected so really yeah. it's it's just up front um they have a couple young guys younger guys that they are gonna leave exposed and could potentially be taken and that's how they have to decide i've yeah, so Lawton, that contract he's signed for so long for a depth forward that it's just like, uh, if you're if you're a team like Philly, do you kind of want to get out of that contract and protect a guy like Lindblom? So
1: I don't think so because he's such an important glue guy to them. Like he's kind of their own Tyson Jost, uh, where he just sort of ties a lot of it together. It's unspectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not, it's not super high level. He's not, uh, you know, he's not a high end guy, but he's a really important clue guy for them. And I think like Lynn, Linblom, you know, he's got a great story. How effective is he? Um, is he really worth the $3 million for the next two years? It, but, but all of this is honestly irrelevant to me because James Van Riemsdyk is left unprotected. $7 million for the next two years. Seattle should just take that run.
3: Yeah, and he's he's coming off a really, really good year. So especially, like we talked about, they're not going to have a lot of goal scores. That's a guy that knows how to score goals, and he mostly does it right in front of the net too. So if you're going to be bitten some we, – we assume they're going to be getting some good defensemen. Getting a guy yeah. who's good in front of the net's going to be – kind of key for them so
1: yeah that's a good that's actually a really good point um the, the with the defensemen that are expected to be available i think that they're gonna have a pretty uh, a, a good an, an easy time uh getting pucks to the net and having a guy like that available uh to just play pigeon you know that's, i think that that's that's a you so, know that's it's a really it's a it's a high price to pay seven million dollars but it's only two years
3: yeah, they're going to have a good time getting it to the net except if it's uh, Graves. So, um everyone else should be good. <laughs>
1: just take that side swipe and run with it.
3: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if uh, yeah, Seattle like I said, they're, they're just not going to have a lot of goal scoring. James Van Reemsike would be an easy pick for them and also, you know, it it would hurt Philly, but also getting rid of seven million dollars off the cap wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So,
1: yeah. Um, well, and they've got you know, um, you know, uh, Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee and Tyson Forster, mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are kind of kind of pushing. Um, you know, wisdom wisdom was really good down in the AHL last year. I don't know, I don't know how far away from the NHL that makes him. Uh, you know, like. Jean Luc Foudy was really good in the AHL too, and he's not making the NHL next year. So, um, you know, some they've got some interesting younger guys too that I that I think could could replace um, JVR. You know, maybe more in the aggregate than one for one, but I just don't. I don't think that it should be like I understand. I understand like protecting Lindblom at twenty four. 3 million for 2 years it's not it's not very much but at some point you need guys that are going to that are going to do things for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You yeah. know, you need yeah. some guys that are going to are going to be able to score some goals for you.
3: Yeah, it's from a fan perspective looking at like a draft you're like, "Oh, well they should go more on the projection side and take this young guy who could maybe become more." Yeah. When the reality is they have to ice a team. Like they have you're to right.
1: Well, and you don't you don't want to take you don't want to take 30 Oscar Lindbloms, you know who are yeah. good guy, good player, but <laughs> you want to be competitive, you want to win some games. Mm-hmm. you know you don't want to just take depth guys and then just be like, okay, well we're hoping here and you end up with you end up with your high score scoring 31 points for you. you know and you're just like, wow, that's that did not work. That did not work at all. And so, you know, if you have an opportunity to get a guy like JVR, I think that you should just take it. And look, is, is he going to win you a cup or anything? Probably not. But if he's still effective in the last year of that deal, again, retain half of his salary, and you can move him before he leaves in free agency if he's still any good. Maybe you just keep him and you're just competitive. You're just a little more competitive. Even if he's not part of the long-term solution, He's he's the kind of talent that they're absolutely going to struggle to find on the whole. So, I think that they should, you know, I, I would take him and not worry about the rest of us.
3: Yeah, and Philly, like all these good teams, like we said, you're you're going to lose a good player. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, just deal with it. If
1: it's not if it's not JVR, I would honestly be temp- more tempted to take Goss despair and see if he could turn it around than I would Lindblom. But that's just my personal my personal feeling on it. Uh Pittsburgh. Another one. This one this one I kind of waffled a little bit on some of these choices. Um, coming down. Yeah, they could always take crispy gras. That would be <laughs> it would be it would be fun. He would take
3: bigger and Graves and win the trade.
1: Look, Big Big Russ was always a really nice guy. Um, what, what's gone on with his career has sucked. It has not been fun to watch. Um, the Penguins and their protection list. Uh, look, Malkin and Crosby, pretty easy to start off with. Gensel and Zucker, pretty easy there, too. I had the last three as Russ, Tanev, and Kapanen. Now, Kapanen, I think, with the age and the goal scoring, pretty easy again. Rust has turned himself into a pretty important player there. It was Brandon Tanev that I wasn't sure about. Um, with with guys like Sam Lafferty and Jared McCann, especially Jared McCann, available and signed for for another year, protecting Tanev and four more years of his deal at $3.5 million for a guy that's 29 and is no more than a third-liner... Zach Aston Reese, I just Zach Aston Reese is an analytics darling because he's very Val Nechushkin like in that he is great defensively, but there isn't really much there offensively. Um so I'm me personally, I'm not tempted to I'm not tempted by Zach Aston Reese at all. Teddy Bluegram maybe, but still pretty would be lower on my list.
3: Yeah. I think it's Jeff Carter is hilarious because it's like, well, we can expose him because we know he's not gonna agree to go anywhere. Like that's this whole thing. He's like, I'm retiring. If you take me, I'm retiring. So, well, and we had the he wants to take him.
1: We had the same conversation about Jason Spezza where it was like he's like, no. Nah. Like, All right, well, I don't want to take you anyway, dude. Yeah. I don't you get but, over yourself, Big Chief?
3: Yeah, Tanev. He did have a good year there. It's just a matter of, like you said, the contract is. That's a big one there.
1: It's a dude. It's a lot Mom. for a guy with twenty nine. His career high is twenty nine points,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and you know, I mean, he had sixteen points in thirty two games. Like he was, he was fine for them. But you then you go and you look at his postseason performance. His postseason play hasn't been very good either. He's just like he's a he's a fine glue guy. But at three and a half million, he's overpaid, and at three and a half million for the next four years, what is up with that, dude? No, I. Who, who I can protect
3: a, if not him? Then,
1: uh, I would. I would consider. Oh, let me pull up my list. So
3: McCann. Uh,
1: or... Yeah, it would be. It would be for me. It would start with McCann, and yeah. then uh, after that, it would probably go Bluger, and then Aston Reese.
3: Yeah. Because this is, you know, we haven't gotten to the defense. The defense is fairly easy, I think, uh, as far as who they should expose. Oh, yeah. I, I had my, protected Dinks. He's just not very good. For so real? those three are pretty easy to pick. And then they love Tristan Jari. You know, whether or not they should is another thing. But
1: Do
2: they still they love they got, him
1: after uh, after that postseason performance? Are they still in love with Tristan Jari?
3: I don't know. He had it. He bounced back after a rough start to the season. So I think they're gonna stick with him. But yeah, it's it's another team that's gonna lose a, a decent depth player, and that's the reality of the situation. But yeah, the Tanf pick will be the Tanf situation will be interesting just because Pittsburgh's always up near the cap. Like if you can get rid yeah. of a three and a half million dollar or doesn't mean that obviously he's gonna get taken, but if you can expose that and you know, is that a risk you're willing to take. And I, from our perspective, it seems like it should be one they could take, but I'm not sure they will. Cause they seem to love that guy.
1: Yeah. They only have 3.2 million in space though. And they still, you know, they've got seven defenders signed. They've got both goaltenders signed if they want. They only have 10 forward signed though. So they've got, they've got to make a lot of decisions here. Uh, you know, guys like Teddy Bluger, uh, Zach Aston-Reese, they they need to figure it out. Like Teddy, Teddy Bluger had twenty-two points last year. You know, like he's he's been an okay little offensive spark plug for them as as needed. Uh, so you know, like that's that's uh, you know, if they protect him, then they have to turn around and sign him for something. Mm-hmm. Um, if they lose Tanev that, that they basically double their cap space by losing Tanev. And I don't know how much. Uh, worse it makes I, you. Yeah. I don't know how hard it is for them to replace Tanev internally with one of those cats. I just, and part of, I've never really thought Brandon Tanov was all that good. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: and watching him make that and get that kind of a contract has always been like.
3: Pittsburgh me. has always been a team where it's like, a forward will pop up out of nowhere and just be decent. <laughs> like Connor Sheary just came out of nowhere. Kinsel kind of came out of nowhere, and then you got these guys like Bluger and Aston Reese. It's like they seem to be able to find depth players out of nothing.
1: They got four points in eight games out of something named Radim Zahorna.
3: Yeah, I don't know who that is.
1: <laughs> Which is totally made up. Like that's not a that is a witness protection name, sir. Yeah. That's a – it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how they do it. They do churn out decent depth guys that, you know, that struggle elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at like Connor Shearing going bouncing around for a bit now. Um, some of these guys that just haven't been as good uh, once they once they left Pittsburgh, they just – it makes me wonder why they pay for the depth guys. Like, why do you pay for a Brandon Tanev when you produce that guy? You know, like yeah. – like Rust, Rust has turned into a guy. He's got, you know, he was a point per game two years ago, and he's got back to back twenty goal seasons. Like he's rock solid. You know, Jason Zucker is a he's a that's a good hockey player, but he hasn't been. He he was not what they needed him to be last year. I don't think.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. And at five and a half million, it's like okay. You know, do you do you try something? So, I I don't know. For me, I think that's this all centers around Tanev and whether or not they expose him.
3: Pittsburgh's like the opposite of the Avs where they find these weird random depth forwards in their system and then the Avs can't find develop a depth forward. So, it makes sense when they're like, okay, we're going to go out and sign Belmar or Calvert and these guys. For real. So... Yeah, I think, like we said, e- even if Tandeville was exposed, I'm not even convinced Seattle would take him because they'd still have a guy like a McCann or a Blueger or Aston Reese still available to pick and that they may lean more towards, especially since they seem to be going, be going in a little bit on analytics.
1: Yeah, I'm curious how they feel about McCann because he had a very percentage-driven breakout season. Um, 32 points uh, in 43 games just three points off his career high, but in 20 fewer games played. Um, I would be curious to see um, kind of what becomes of Jared McCann and his, you know, exposed or protected, because you can make a good argument for protecting him after the year he just had, Um, but how much of it was real, which is if he's exposed to Seattle, take the the bait and bite on it, and,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, what does he do in Seattle then? Out of out of the weird environment that is Pittsburgh's ability to <laughs> to just p- produce forwards out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, okay. Our last one. Uh, I can't believe I've worked my way through the entire league this week. I'm <laughs> so sick of talking about this. Uh, the Washington Capitals. I thought. I, I feel like I'm missing something here. Um. Because I thought this was going to be harder. I had previously looked at this and wondered and, and thought, oh, man, they have a problem with TJ, protecting TJ Oshie. I didn't have any issues protecting TJ Oshie. <laughs> um, the forwards were all very straightforward. Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshi, Mantha, Wilson, and Eller. Uh, there really aren't any young guys there that that jump out at you and say, Hey, this should be, you should be protecting this guy instead. You know, the, the notable guys that are left unprotected are Garnett Hathaway and Carl Hagelin, unless you think, and you know, and Connor Sheary, Nick Dowd. If you think he's notable, I guess you could also go that route, but otherwise those are all depth guys. Those are all role players at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defensively, John Carlson, Dimitri Orlov and Justin Schultz, Justin Schultz was the one where that Justin Schultz could be Nick Jensen, McCall Campney, uh Brendan Dillon, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. It could be any of those guys, and it wouldn't drastically change anything for me. Um, and now that I'm looking at this, I'm regretting protecting Justin Schultz.
3: <laughs> Who'd you swap him with?
1: Um, probably Jensen because I like Jensen, but. Yeah. You know, Kempney is also fine.
3: Yeah, Kipney's going to be a tough one because he missed the whole year. I want to say, so you are protecting him, and just you know, Seattle might not even have any interest in a guy who hasn't played hockey in a year and a half. So it's true. And Brendan Dillon, I am. I know notably, you can't. I am notably not a him. Brendan Dillon fan.
1: I uh, he, I would not protect Brendan Dillon though, just because of the money and the term involved on his contract, where it's just like. You, you try and get them. You try and get them. Take that. Uh, I did protect Samsonov in net, leaving Vitek Vanacek open. Which maybe that's a thing, depending on how real you think Vanacek's run this year was.
3: Yeah, um, I think Seattle's going to have a choice here because I think they're going to they could get a decent depth defenseman here. Yeah, or they could take a chance on Vanacek, who, being real. Um, Yeah, now that I look at it, this is... Because I don't think there's any need for any of these depth forwards because they're going to have a million depth forwards to choose from.
1: The Garnett Hathaways and Carl Haglins of the world is exactly the kind of forward that they're going to be able to get from 25 teams.
3: And the Daniel Sprongs, like, hoping that he somehow becomes something again. Um, (laughs) Man. Yeah, I do wonder if they do take Vanasek here because he's coming off a good year and... You just never know with goalies. Like you just take a chance there.
1: So the two goalies that I've really kind of earmarked for, um, as as the ones that I was I am most interested in from Seattle's perspective, are uh, Braswell and Jake Allen. And uh, Vanacek would really kind of crash that party. <laughs> but at twenty five years old, like if you get if you get your starter here and he ends up being for real. Mm-hmm. You just have a starting goaltender now for the next five to eight years.
3: Yeah. And he's making nothing next year. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, we talked about it. I, I, when I did a podcast with Rudos, it was like, well, is Samson a guy the absolute target if they, this Grubauer situation goes south? Because he had such a weird year. And yeah, he did. You would, We all would just assume that Washington would protect him. Because he is supposed to be the guy that takes over for everything. But man, did he have a weird year with COVID and in, injuries. And yeah, I don't even know what to make of that situation. And, and Vanisek really did save their season. Like, he legit started, yeah. I think, what, 20 games in a row at one point? Like, they would have been nothing <laughs> without him.
1: Well, in Samsonov's numbers, even when he played, like they just weren't any—they weren't any good in the AHL. They weren't any good in the NHL. So um,
3: you're banking on him fulfilling this potential of a guy that you drafted in the first round.
1: Beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and and let's be real here. Like Vanek's numbers weren't very good either. Like they weren't—they weren't awesome. But you know, 37 games played, a 2.69 goals against average, and a 9.08 save percentage. Behind a pretty good team, so you're just like, yeah. okay, like if he was if he was on the Anaheim Ducks, you'd be looking at that like
0: hmm,
1: <laughs> that might be more interesting. I should dig into this a little more. But behind a good team, below league average goaltending, okay, yeah, um, and 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 then you know gets gets hurt in the postseason after he'd been lit up so far. Yeah. So, um, a, kind of a weird finish for him too. It's it, he finishes on such a down note that it was almost like the injury and the poor play at the very end almost just was like, okay, well now we have the excuse we needed to protect Samsung off.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I just, if from Seattle's perspective, I it's another group of defensemen where it's like, well, we're gonna have a lot of defensemen to choose from. Do we f- take a chance on this goalie here? But. Yeah. yeah, Washington turned out to be a little bit easier than we all expected. I think the talk was always is TJ she gonna be exposed. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like they have to do that.
1: Yeah, I well and and I remember doing this a year ago because we did one of we did a mock our goal was to do a mock a year ago before the, the off season and then after the off season and then right before the actual draft just to mm-hmm. kind of see how it developed. And protecting TJ Oshie was really difficult in the last one that I did. And so I was expecting that coming in. Uh, that's why he's the picture of the thumbnail for the show. And then I had no issues whatsoever protecting him. I was like, oh, all right, well, that was easy.
3: Yeah, I think maybe a part of that is just he's from the Seattle yeah. area. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's the dream.
1: Uh, well, and the, and the contract that he's on is actually kind of insane.
3: Yeah signed until he's, what 38 39 something like that so yeah
1: yeah four more years at 5.75 million now the production hasn't fallen off yet so that's been that's fine mm-hmm. but you know we we see this all every year in the league one one more guy in his deep into his 30s hits that wall and becomes an albatross of a contract so uh, if if Washington you know really wanted to, they could expose Oshi uh, and just kind of put the hands up and be like, "All right, that's fine. You know, take him, let him be your first captain or whatever, and we'll we'll manage." Um, because thirty four years old, they don't really have the cap space. They don't have the flexibility. They they are locked in at forward. Um, all but two of their forwards are signed multiple years. They are locked in at forward uh, for the next two seasons, pretty much. And if Oshie becomes an albatross of a contract at any point, I think they could really seriously regret not exposing him.
3: Yeah, Washington's on the brink of hitting that tipping point, you think, where those guys are getting old. Like, they're just getting older up front.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, Backstrom's 33, Ovechkin's 35, uh, Oshie's 34, Lars Eller, even. That guy's 32 years old. John Carlson's 31. Orlov is 29. Schultz,
3: Kuznetsov, who yeah, they Kuz... probably are even getting rid of, potentially. And
1: Kuznetsov is a totally different conversation, yeah. because that's not that's not a guy that they would expose, I don't think. Because if you're Seattle, you're just like okay, thanks for the number one center. Yeah. Uh, And they end up with a better center on day one than Vegas has ever had. And, you know, that's free. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of Kuznetsov talk around the league this offseason, especially when a team can't make an Eichel deal. I think the next thing to do, especially for Vegas, uh, given McPhee's history... Uh, is to is to look at Kuznetsov.
3: Kuznetsov in Vegas, huh? That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: man, if you couldn't handle his business in Washington, what's the difference?
3: Yeah. But yeah, that was a lot more easy than we thought. Maybe six months ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then a, a week from now, all these lists will come out, and we'll
3: I'll wrong. look
1: like an I'll look like an idiot.
3: Yeah. Happens every year. We're always looking, yeah that's what happens when you make predictions and put your opinions out there,
1: yeah i mean i I've been making these lists all week and getting feedback from people who are like this would not happen, and I'm like, okay, like it's, it's hard to do thirty 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 teams I'm trying to figure out all the intricacies of all thirty it's, it's, it's complicated, man,,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so I'm uh I'm glad this is done. I'm, I'm looking forward to the actual lists coming out and us actually being able to talk about, all right, let's draft a team now from the available lists. Uh, and then when some deals start to come out and actually happen, that will also be cool. Oh, yeah. So, any thoughts, any thoughts on uh, the the end of this process for us? I know you've only been on the show just the once this week, but um, we've we've gone through all 30 teams.
3: No, no real thoughts on you know i like I'm with you I'm ready for this to be over
1: yeah, I am i'm ex- i'm ex I'm excited to see how it all all plays out. It's cool and this might be the last time that we see uh expansion for who knows how long it could be a long time till we see it again uh, right now thirty two is is the most teams any league has. And of of the big of the big ones in North America you know the NFL and and hockey somehow are the 32 so yeah, yeah if it, if Graves is exposed the abs would be fine letting that that happen I think
3: yeah yep this is yeah'm I'm, I'm over expansion talk so if it doesn't happen for a few years or ever again then I'm good
1: yeah yeah if it, the next time it happens if we're not if we're not working in media that'd be fine I could just watch it then. Yep. So. Well, fun. All right. Let's get out of here for the day. Uh, I forgot I'm in charge of that now. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think I have any <laughs> other. Like and, yeah,
2: hit hit like and subscribe.
3: Hit that like subscribe. Yes. Do that.
2: And this it's, it's podcast is, of course, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Again. There you go. Got to just mention it a few (laughs) times. (laughs) Okay. Are we done? Do I end it? We're we're done. done. Would you like to say goodbye to everyone? Yeah, I I just...
3: just,
1: You're very very echoey, echoey, That's (laughs) why I stopped stopped talking. talking. Bye. Bye. See you next next week. week.